That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits. This week we are joined by Grandpa Batman in Texas. Howdy. The Bat Force Times in New York. Hello, hello. And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. Okay, the contributions of a colorist are one of the most often overlooked aspects of any comic book. How often do you see references to a comic citing only the author and penciler in the credits? But there are many colorists whose work has such a massive impact on every panel and cover that they work on that their colors are just as immediately recognizable and unmistakable as any of the most celebrated pencilers. This week's guest is one of the best in the industry, known for enhancing the work of names like Gary Frank and Jason Fabuck in two of the best-selling comics in recent history, Doomsday Clock and Batman Three Jokers, in addition to hundreds of other titles, all the way from right up here in the Great White North, Welcome, Brad Anderson. Woo! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. That was awesome. Well, thank yeah, you thank for joining you. us. We've well, wanted to do this for me. a while. Oh, yeah, but like just based on the the two books that I just mentioned, you've done a ton of others, but just based on those two, that tells people how much of your work they they see these days. Right. You're a, yeah. a, a very busy guy. So, uh, just for anyone who doesn't read the names of the, the, the artists on books, you're aside from those, you've been on Jeff Johns and Jason Fabek's uh, Justice League run when with Dark Side War and all that stuff. Right. The Batman Earth One stuff that Jeff Johns was writing, Gary Frank was drawing. It, it really seems like those those guys in particular don't want to work with anyone but you. No, which is uh, quite the honor for me, and I'm very fortunate to have those guys. Um, well, when we first started Doomsday Clock, I said, oh, man, um, you know, thanks for having me on. He's like, well, you know, we didn't have a list. You were the only guy that we wanted. <laughs> so I was like, well, awesome. But uh, yeah, and same with uh, DK3, too. Worked on mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. which was a huge honor for me. But yeah, I've been fortunate to be pretty busy. So it's it's good, I guess, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I like that uh, having you work on both, you know, being that Doomsday Clock and Three Jokers are such massive event books that were taking place mm-hmm. so close to each other. It was nice having your color bring a consistency between the two that almost makes them feel connected. You know, you, you feel like you're reading uh, almost the same book. Yeah, I don't know if that has um, something to do with the story, maybe. Um just, I mean, the, like the darkness of it and how Doomsday Clock started. Um, it was, yeah, like I wanted to, 
I mean, that's a whole, whole story on its own. Uh, but as far as the Watchmen universe, having to keep that kind of color scheme and then moving into uh, the DC universe um, and then moving into Fabric's three Joker stuff, which is, you know, that kind of that gritty, uh, you know, Gotham City kind of look. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I kind of approach it the same way, you know, almost like a movie, keeping the key colors in the characters and then, the you know, the main lighting surrounding. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it was kind of, um, yeah, like a similar type feel, but I was just kind of doing my thing, I guess. Yeah, one of the things that uh, Jay was talking about the last time he was on the show, just just uh, maybe two, three weeks ago, uh, right. was why he likes you so much for coloring and doesn't want to use anyone else is your understanding of lighting and how you, you'll use multiple points of lighting in your colors where he, he thinks a lot of other, you know, even great colorists, would really simplify things down and you wouldn't see the, the lighting and the dimensions that, that you use. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, Jay is like the best, right? Like he's he's such a good guy. He's been so awesome to me. Um, when we first started, he he used to have like I think it was the first Batman we worked on, and um, I didn't know him at all. And and uh, we started this project, and I had the script, and then. The editor is, okay, well, you know, Jason's got a bunch, he's got some color notes for you. So I opened the file that he had, and it was, like, per page, per panel, exactly what he wanted. Like, he's so passionate about, you know, the look he wants, and he he knows the exact look he wants. And I never worked with him before at the time. And he just gave me the all these notes, and I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't, <laughs> I don't have time to go through all these, like, <laughs> I got a deadline, I got to crank out, like, you know, three to four pages a day to try to meet this deadline. And I, I have to go through his notes. So he's basically the first paragraph was, I want it to look like a movie. I want this and that. And I'm like, okay, perfect. And I, I read the first part of the notes. I didn't read the rest of them. And I kind of did the first few pages and I sent it to him. And he was like, yes, it's exactly what I want. And then we just, he never sent any notes after that. Like it was <laughs> kind of like, um, I could kind of read his mind. Like as soon as he said he wanted to look like a movie, then I was like, oh, okay, that's perfect because I'm a huge movie buff and like, you know, I, I watch movies just for the lighting and the color and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, Jay, like he draws like perfect scenes for that kind of stuff. And I wish more artists would leave like an edge light or a rim light yeah. because then it almost it almost separates planes for me on its own. Like, you know, yeah, back Batman in the foreground, it's pouring rain. You got stuff going on in the background, and if if it fades to black on one side of Batman, then I have to kind of do an extra effort into separating the background. Maybe I might put some mist in there, some uh, lighting, and I'll cut him out of it. But uh, Jay will just add that kind of a rim light, so I could play off with you know a, a secondary side light. Maybe there's a street light or a cop car. Um, it might be a, for instance, in the, I think, the the issue of Three Jokers where um, Commissioner Gordon, where, um, I think that's in the right issue. Yeah, where the cop, there's cop cars outside the, 
uh, one of the buildings. And there's multiple, there's cop cars out. So there's the blue light and then next panel, I put red light, next panel, blue light. So I could have the foreground guy bathe in blue light while the background's all red, just, you know, kind of emphasizing that the lights are flashing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like Jay does that off. He always leaves that little bit of extra for me, which is super nice. But uh, yeah, so. I love that about him. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the ways that you guys work so well together. Uh, I want to rewind a bit. Uh, I would love to get sort of your origin story, like your inspirations to to get into art. Like, what what was that thing that made you know that this was what you wanted to to get into? Oh, okay. Well, actually, I'm from a small town in Ontario. Uh, right, you know where Lake of the Woods is, right on kind of the Manitoba border. Okay. Uh, born and raised there. It's, it's like a lake town. There's a paper mill there. So I worked at the paper mill right after high school. And uh, I've always um, always drawn and everything. So I actually went to the Kubert School, um, kind of packed up, loaded up my truck, quit the mill, and I drove down to New Jersey. And I lived there for a few years. I uh, went to the Kubert School. Uh, won a school partial scholarship my second year um and i had i think our first year i i we i shared a house with like damien scott you know spider-man and you know batgirl and awesome dude and um yeah so then once i was there i got to know uh jesse delperdang he was inking x-men at the time with uh, andy kubert's x-men run mm-hmm so he was living at our house. I guess he was in between houses, uh, his rental places. So we, uh, he was living at our place. So I got to see, you know, he's actually inking X-Men in our living room at this drawing table. And um, yeah, which is pretty awesome. So uh, yeah, so when from there, I moved back to Canada. And then I started working at this place called Digital Chameleon. Uh, they did a whole bunch of, all, most of the coloring of books was coming out of Winnipeg at the time. Um, from like, yeah, like all the X-Men books, like Heavy Metal Magazine, like uh, Penthouse Magazine, all like, like almost everything was coming out of uh, Winnipeg at the time. So they had a shift. They would run a 24-hour shift of color separation. And yeah, I started working there and I was doing uh, color with um uh you just use use markers they would photocopy a whole issue and they would do like uh, let's say kazar at the time so they would photocopy an entire issue kazar they'd hand out scenes and we would color them by marker and we put the color code the cmyk code on it and we'd hand that to the separating floor and yeah there was you know 24-hour um color separation they would follow our codes and they would digitally separate it and send them off um yeah that's basically where i started so you you went to the kubert school specifically for coloring you didn't want to do you know no, pencils or ink or yeah i went for illustration and okay. i actually wanted to be a storyboard artist for movies okay that's kind of i thought that was pretty cool and uh, it was one of my I don't know, kind of goals. Um, 
but yeah, we got into like we had to learn, you know, painting and you know, the computer, you know, portion of it, learning Photoshop, and we had to do um, yeah, all kinds of stuff, narrative art and uh, inking classes. Yeah, everything. It was it was basically the school would teach you how to make a living at commercial art, which mm-hmm. was really good. Met a lot of really good guys there, and um, so I got to do. Um, you know, acrylic painting and all that. So I I use the same kind of principles that I would use if I was using acrylic paints, for instance, in my approach to coloring right now. So like I'll, I'll still use kind of almost brush strokes in some of the stuff I do too. Like if I do a face or something, I'll add kind of a, you know, a little, almost like a organic texture to it. But I basically just use one brush as I'm as I'm doing color work for books. So. Wow, very cool. So yeah, um, I'm really I'm really old school. So <laughs> was there a, like a first comic or anything that you picked up that that inspired you to to follow that road, or was it uh, mostly just from the desire to to be a storyboard artist that that led you to that? Well, no, I was always a huge comic book art fan. Like I loved the art. So, I mean, the town I grew up in, there wasn't a, a comic book shop or anything. It was, you know, I had to go to the spinner rack at the grocery store, at the at the drugstore. Mm-hmm. And Same. Um, it's super limited what I could get. So I would just kind of grab the cool art, like the cool covers, um, cool Hulk covers and uh, Bishama, uh Conan stuff. Um, I used to try to, I used to copy muscles and I used to draw all that kind of stuff. Um all the time, just nonstop. But I was, you know, just sitting at home as a youngster, I'd be constantly drawing. And my my older brother, he had some of those uh, heavy metal magazines, which I got to see some, you know, European art. Like, it just blew my mind. And then I heard about the Kubert School as I got a little bit older. And I thought, oh, man, it'd be nice to try to, you know, wonder if I could do something with that. So, yeah. But, I, yeah, I would always draw that kind of stuff, like, I would draw from comics, like I would learn how to draw feet from, you know, comic books and that kind of stuff. And yeah. But so, what was your first like comic assignment, and what what did it feel like the first time you saw that published in in hand, and you had you know a copy for yourself? Oh man, yeah, it was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like to get to get paid. I got a bunch of stuff on my in my office wall. Like my first kind of projects. I did. I think the very first project I got paid for was a gig for. Um, I was for a Star Wars magazine. I was working with Jan Jusema on. Um, this is before Star Wars Legacy stuff, uh, which. Like oh, it's like a hundred years ago, it feels like. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was Star Wars Insider magazine or something. So there was an article in there, so I got to do the color for the article. And she just sent me the pencils for these panels, and I painted over her pencils and I kind of cut it out and pieced it together and framed it in my office as my kind of first, you know, how you frame your first dollar that a restaurant would make. Well, it's the same kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. And then I got to do, oh man, I've done. Lots, 
Yeah, I got to do some. Well, I started work at Peter Woods on Catwoman. Um, and then right from there, it's yeah, it's just taken off. I really, I've, I've been super fortunate. I've been busy like ever since. So yeah, there's been months, you know, maybe um, where you don't take a day. I don't take a day off in two or three months sometimes. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, I'm just a laborer, so you know how it is. <laughs> and it, it's yeah. very Canadian that uh, you were working in a, in a mill, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a Canadian yeah. thing to, to have in your history. Yeah, yeah it's pretty funny. Well, the, thing that, is the, mill, the mill's no longer there anymore. They actually tore it down and everything else. So, yeah, it worked out good for me. There you go. Yeah. Uh, with so much uh, crossover these days between comics and movies, not only with you know so much of <clears throat> film and television coming from comics, but also the crossover of creators. Like we have guys that are have been directors for years coming over and writing comic books. Like last year, or maybe it was this year. I don't remember. This year feels so long. Uh, John Carpenter wrote that Joker story. You know, there's all this crossover between uh, the the two mediums. Um, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll still see that day where you'll do some storyboarding for a movie. Yeah, I mean, I always still do illustration now for you know commission work. I illustrated a a coin for the Canadian Mint. Yeah, I did a norm did a Normandy coin. Um, yeah, so you never know. Like I'm not much of a. I would need someone to write something and I could do it, but yeah. But I've done a a little bit of narrative art i just love it but i mean i've been doing the color work for so long um you know for me to make a living like i know exactly how long it takes me to do stuff you know the guys artists know exactly what they're going to get when you know editors you know they've worked me for years so it's not like um i'm unpredictable for deadlines and that kind of thing so it's just i mean it's I don't know. It's good for the. It's good for work-wise, for business-wise. Um, just to be part of the team, it just makes everything go smooth. So, I know what I'm getting when I'm working for Gary Frank and Jeff, or Jay, or whomever. And we have the editors, and it's just it's such a comfortable situation. Like, yeah, it's so easy. It's a it's a nice work environment to be in. So, I don't know. I just I just try to plug plug away and keep at it. You know, <laughs> and it's nice that uh, you know I I don't know how much you hear of it, but when when we're speaking to people that that you work with so much, uh, the appreciation for how uh, above expected levels you perform, you know, like you, we hear how much they uh, they appreciate the job you're doing. So it, that that's going to be pretty rewarding to uh, to get the praise that you do from the oh, the people that you work with is is pretty great. Yeah, that's huge. And it's not just from, like, nobodies. It's from, you know, yeah. top guys. Like, it's pretty cool. It's pretty nice to hear. And, you know, I don't want to screw up their their <laughs> art. Like, Gary sends me scans of uh, his page. He basically draws from ink, right? He puts his landmarks in, as he says, and um, and then he starts drawing with ink. So when I get the pages... They're pretty, met. there's lots of like some scribbles and there's a lot of stuff to clean up. So I get to go over his pages, um, like zoomed in and I get to clean up and oh my, it's just, 
it's almost a shame to color them. I always tell him, I says, you should just print these black and white because they're so gorgeous. <laughs> and uh, he just laughed. But yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a master, those guys. And Lee Weeks too. Oh my God. Like, oh, yeah. I've, I've been a Lee Weeks fan since, oh man, since when I went, to, before I went to the Cuba school. Well, I guess when, when I went there. And I got to Andy and Adam was in the basement at the time. And I got to go down there because we were friends with Jesse and uh, he was inking Andy's stuff. So, he, you know, I kind of tag along and sneak in there. And and he had, uh, he had, I think Lee was working on um, Alien Predator mm, at the yeah. time. So I photocopy, I still am in my basement. I got a box full of full page photocopies of, of his actual inks, like finished pages. And I used to just stare at them and go like, oh my God, like, how do you even get to this level? Like, it's unbelievable. So I've been a fan of his for forever. And then I get an email from him one day and it says, oh, it looks like you're going to be working on my, I can't remember what I first did. I did a cover for him. I can't remember, honestly, I can't remember what it was. And this, before we did uh, uh, Lois and Clark, we did a, a few issues of that. And I was like, Oh my god! Like uh, you are like my favorite. Uh, I was just—I didn't even know what to say. Totally, totally, You're like fanboying. Oh my god! I was totally geeking out. Oh, it's hilarious. But so yeah, so now like we're—you know—he's a good friend, and we're at conventions, and we'll—you know—have lunch and dinner together, and that kind of thing. And uh, he's such a good guy. And I just—I just like, do you even know who you are? Like, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, good guys. And Andy Kubert's been so awesome. Like he's a, a you know a big um, supporter of mine, and he just loves what I do with his stuff. And he basically just says he'll send me a cover or something. I says, oh, you know, is there anything specific? Is it? Oh no, just you know, do your thing. So I'll do it. And he just, you know, he'll send an, an email back, and this is perfect. And a couple little tweaks here and there, but um, yeah, otherwise I've been pretty fortunate. So do you have like I don't know. And, I, and right now, I'm, in my hand, I'm looking at both the Earth One, uh, Volume One and Volume Two. When you go into yeah. a project like that, do you have like a set palette that, or do they give you like a set palette of colors that they want the book in, or do they just leave it up to you to to go? Uh, pretty much. Actually, I'm working on Volume Three right now. Oh, show us a preview. I was going to ask if that <laughs> was the case. I don't know if, anyone, if I'm supposed to say that or not. Does anyone? Anyway, so I'm kind of plugging away at it now. There's so many pages. Um, no, like I, yeah, no, there's no, like I literally have to ask Gary if there's something specific. Like, okay, he's like, no, like, no, just, just do what you want, kind of thing, almost. But yeah, I mean, I get the full scripts. So I always read the script and go through and any questions like, you know, I banter back and forth with Gary and Jeff and um, same with Jay too. I'll just send Jay a, an email or something. And um, But otherwise, yeah, I just, I kind of do what I want. And then if there's any specific changes, I'll just change them after. But um, yeah, no, it's pretty, I kind of, yeah, I just kind of follow the script and do what I think looks cool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. 
How did you initially get, uh, you've done so much with him. How did you initially get hooked up with Gary? Did you just get assigned to something or had you guys already, uh, talked uh, to each other? Uh, no, I can't remember what we did first. Might've been, was it Superman secret origins? Our first project or, um, maybe I did some covers for him or something. I can't remember. Yeah, oh, if man, if I... any if anyone listening uh, can't understand why you don't remember some of these early things, people should be aware that you've been uh, working at DC for in the area of twenty years now. Yeah, it's been yeah, it's, almost it's been almost twenty two years. Yeah, you're you're not uh, you're not new to this. Oh no, like guys, like I like name a character. I probably worked on it like a bunch of Marvel stuff. I've done like. Oh man, I've done stuff for the Navy SEALs actually with um, Zach Howard. We did a big troop flag, and which is pretty cool. Uh, so they sent me a Navy SEAL coin and stuff, and it was really neat. Wow. Um, yeah, like I can't remember. It might have been Superman Secret or-, or Secret Origins, the first one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of did a lot of time. I just. My approach is I got I, I like to follow the artist's lead. Uh, depending on, actually, I did an aliens run. It's a good example. I did an aliens run with Zach Howard. Uh, I don't know if it was it like two issues or something years ago, and he's got a really, you know, kind of stark, cartoony style, I guess. Lots of heavy black and stuff. So there was a profile of one character and I kind of painted in his cheekbone and did some uh, lighting from an office desk. And he sent me an email. He was like, Oh my God, this looks so awesome. He says, you're the first colorist that actually painted in cheekbones. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I guess, but I, I didn't even realize that that was a thing. Like I just thought, Oh, I'll just, you know, this is what I do. And, uh, but I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of colorists wouldn't do that, I guess. Um, yeah, but there's been so many things like so I try to do same with yeah, I don't know, same with Gary and Jason. I don't I don't try to get too carried away with it. Um I do have a tendency to over render sometimes when I'm so geared up with the with the project, I'm super pumped. And I, I might try to I might over render the whole back and and maybe if you end up having uh, more time than usual to work on a particular book, like uh, I, I'm sure you had yeah. somewhere around the same length of That's time that Jay had like working on uh, working on the first issue of Three Jokers. Um, as far as covers, covers always take extra longer to do. Um, interiors, yeah. I mean, I've always had. I mean, there was one at one point I was doing. Well, I think there was four books in one month. There's a couple of projects overlapping, and I was doing four books in the one month, and it was crazy. Like, uh, and then Dark Side War, that was insane. Yeah, that that really seemed like a demanding one. I know uh, by the end of that, Jay was uh, feeling pretty fatigued, so you must have been very much in the same boat. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. And we were talking, he's like, hey, are we going to do this? I'm like, yeah, just send me the stuff and we'll, I'll bang it out. I don't care how long it takes, let's just do it. Because we wanted to have, 
the same we wanted to keep it consistent throughout and not kind of chop it up or split off some of the stuff or have a different artist and colorist finishing it off um so he said yeah i'll do it you know and i said well if you do it then i'll i'll have your back and we can just bang it out but it was a lot of yeah long days um but and it was and at the i mean Jay was drawing so much and there was just, oh my God, it was just insane. It was so insane. I would just look at these big double page spreads, like, you know, the battle scenes and everything else. I just almost started crying. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) And I had to do, literally, I had to get four pages per day on some of that stuff. Holy. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of hours, a lot of work. What what would you say is your usual when you're just working at a more comfortable pace? How many pages a day are you putting out? Well, you know, maybe, well, a good full day is probably three pages. Yeah. yeah. Depending on the art, depending on this and that. Like, um, Doomsday Clock, towards the end there, it was getting down to the wire. And, and you know, as you know, it was, it was getting a little bit delayed. So... <laughs> Um, and as we we're getting pages in, I think I was, I did about five pages sometimes per day on that. Holy. Which was Damn. a lot. Like that is yeah. a lot. Like I would start at six in the morning and I'd be done at probably six or seven in the evening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. But so I mean, you, you do that for certain projects for sure. Right. So with a project like that, where the, you know, it was kind of getting, delayed and strung out like that did you ever at any time kind of have to go back to like maybe issue one or two and kind of use those as references so that you maintain consistency yeah i always have previous pages um kind of up so i'm always referring back to and that's another thing i would always even when i'm say i'm on issue 11 um so, you know, I'll go back, I'll grab some pages in issue one, I'll open them up on the side of my Photoshop there, and I'll just have them there just so I know, okay, well, it has to stay, because issue 12 has to look like issue one, as far right. as I'm concerned, right? Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, I always refer back and, and do that, especially with a book like that, because, you know, like, there's someone might, if it gets put together in one collected series, well, you... You don't want to notice, like, any, and Gary, like, oh, my God, like, you couldn't tell. You think he drew issue 12 first, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, he's so consistent and so good. So I just, I try to maintain the same quality. Hopefully, it looked that way, but, Yeah. So with the uh, with the volume of work that uh, you, you talked about, how much work Jay was putting in on, uh, on a dark side war but obviously that that means you were doing the same but when dark side war i don't know how much you pay attention to you know the fan reception you know what what people are talking about things but when dark side war was coming out that was the thing that people were talking about you know it was super popular and it was it was great and that's what everyone was waiting for you know that Every week, people were waiting for. Uh, every month, people were waiting for the next issue of Dark Side War, and as big as that was, 
I don't think anyone expected that it was opening the doors for something that would be even bigger a few years later with how massive Three Jokers is right now. Oh, I know. And the funny thing is, like, I wasn't on any social media when Dark Side War came out. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't on Twitter, nothing. And I'm just sitting, you know, in my office. I'm just plugging away, just doing my job. And I do, a, you know, an issue of Dark Side War. Then I jump on something else. And, you know, I had a list of deadlines I had to meet. And I was just kind of plugging away. And then um, Jeff and I think uh, uh, Brian Cunningham at the time, he's like, you got to get on like how can we go on Twitter? Like you're getting. So then I signed up. I, I signed up after, and um, yeah, people have been so nice. Um, but yeah, I know I had no idea at the time. And as far as it leading into, uh, you know, what we're working on, what we worked on now, no, I just I had no idea. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, both. Uh are a a pretty big workload but they're both very different styles you know you talked about the the big like two-page spreads that that jay was giving you in dark side war Mm -hmm. but three jokers now is predominantly the nine Mm -hmm. panel grids uh do you have any preference on which ones uh which way you're doing and is one uh easier to to deal with the volume on the schedule you've got um no, no, it's not. Uh, I don't mind nine panel grid or the big. I like sometimes I like actually, I just finished a big double page spread for this project I'm working on, which I can't say yet. Um, which gives me an opportunity to do some big, you know, atmospheric perspective and you know, put some massive drop shadows, for instance, that kind of thing. Um, nine panel grid. The one thing I find I found difficult with the nine panel grid when I was working on Doomsday Clock was you had three or four different locations in one page. Mm. So I'm like, oh man, okay, well. So I'm constantly thinking ahead, like down, you know, way into the way into the book. Okay, well, I have to do this kind of color scheme for this scene because I know it's going to show up later, and I want to make sure it looks like this. And then sometimes they converge on one page and the colors might clash a bit. And I'm like, oh man, so I have to really push myself and alter it. And that was kind of the biggest thing that kind of, that was tough for me. Um, Yeah, so you just have to keep that in mind. So if I'm setting up a a, a scene, you know, you might only be one panel of a nine panel grid on one page, but that scene's going to continue later on in the issue. So I have to make sure it works on one page and also for a second. So when you turn the page, you know, you're in a different location, different time. So yeah, it's, I just really got to keep that in mind. But yeah, we talked fun. about the way that you use uh, the lighting <laughs> and things like that. Uh, does it make, does it change the way that you have to think about the lighting? If you're working on something like uh, big splash pages or just larger panels where you have space to establish the lighting coming in from either direction or multiple directions do you get more space or easier ability to do that than you do working on like the nine panel grids where there's less space in each in each frame well 
No, I mean, the nine panel grid stuff, it's more of me separating. Well, it depends if it's all one, if it's in the same location on a nine panel grid, like on the same page. Um, then you kind of just set it up. When you have it spread out, like on a splash page or something, then I could always add, you know, I could do the whole scene in one color. And then I could, in my mind, I'm always like, oh, what if there's like a, you know, like a stop sign or like a red light or like a uh, something going on the off scene. So I could throw in like a side light just to kind of frame some images or same, frame some people or I could put a lens flare in or something like that. Um, there's a little more freedom, I think. Uh, but more, more so for covers, for instance, you know. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, like for the three Joker covers, like there's that, that kind of the pinkish blue, that pinkish purple light coming off the side. Yeah. Well, you don't know, like it's, you know, it's, it doesn't appear anywhere. It's just, it's just a, an element for um, just to kind of frame the, the people, like the faces. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I don't think the, it really matters with the, it depends on the story too, right? Yeah. So. Those three Joker covers were one of the specific examples that Jay was using when he talked about how well you use that the lighting that you you don't just you know flatten areas you'll you'll use that that rim lighting and things like that you know, the the covers mm-hmm. were what he specifically talked about and I yeah. couldn't believe how quick you guys get those out uh, I I was talking about this when Jay was on the last time uh, when it was announced that the first issue was going to second print and uh he he got the uh, the green light to do a new cover for it uh he sent me the, the his rough sketch of it i think it was either on a, it was either on a wednesday or thursday he sent me just the rough sketch and then it was with it was less than two days later mm-hmm. I, it might have been you know uh, like a day and a half that he sent me the final that you had already colored you guys got through that ridiculously fast oh yeah well i mean jay is super fast too he's like he, he'll send me an email says okay expect to cover for the second print or the editor um Almadeo will send out an email saying okay hey, we got to work on the cover for the second print and literally oh man i don't even know the next day for sure jay will have like three ideas sketched out and they, we kind of pick one, and and it was the shark uh, puppet one. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's super cool because it, you know, it's pertain, it's be perfect for issue one, right? And uh, so he sent, I think the next day he sent me the inks, and I kind of just dropped everything and I did it right away, and sent it back to him. Um, yeah, that one only only took me you know, a couple hours, three hours to do maybe. So, well, and you got to realize I've done like how many, how many of those similar covers. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess you kind of get that down. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of went and, um, yeah, that's kind of a special case because like I said, I, I just did about freaking 15 of those covers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I hope that you end up doing more because I'm, you know, I can't reveal any of the secrets, but the ideas that Jay's batting around, like if you know, 
if issue one gets to a third print, you know, what, what the other cover would be. And if two and three get to second prints, what the second print covers would be. And so there, yeah. there's some really cool stuff that's possible if, if we see that. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah those guys. And, and he has, uh, he has the ideas really mapped out for how he wants to handle, like there's a, or sort of almost an equation for what the second print cover will be and then what the third print if it comes to that will be and it's it's really smart yeah yeah well yeah i'll be down for it that's for sure let's hope we get to do that that'd be awesome so yeah oh uh who's were you involved in the decision making for what the uh I forget what he called it, third color or fourth color or something for those, the variant covers, the one in 25s, I think it was. The ones that are the, the really extreme, like the, uh, the pink and gr- the purple and green. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't do those. I didn't really say. Um, yeah, that, that had nothing to do with me, really. So, yeah. Yeah, they look pretty cool, though. I like yeah, that. crazy idea. You know, when yeah. when you first see that online, like, oh, really? That, but well, it looks the, so cool on the shelf yeah. too. You know, yeah, for sure. It's uh, a, a very extreme uh, choice, but it works so well. Like, you, you, I wouldn't have expected it to to look that good if someone said, "Oh, yeah, it's it's going to be the same image, yeah. but it's going to be all purple and green." Yeah, yeah, yeah I love those. You mentioned um, that you had an interest in like doing film storyboards and stuff like that. Do you have a, like, or is there a movie that you've seen that you noticed, you know, the lighting and the coloring that they use in the, in the movie and thought, I'd like to apply that technique or that, that to a, a book I'm working on. Oh yeah. All the time. Like I, I just wish I could remember, like, when I'm watching a movie or something, I'm like, oh, my God, i got to remember that. That's so awesome. And then I'll totally forget. And I just kind of go. <laughs> sucks, just but, uh, good ones, like, like right now is all the John Wick stuff. Yeah, like, that's exactly what way, I was thinking. The way they use, yeah, like, oh, man, it's so awesome. I did a, um, I did a, a cover for, um, it's a Deathstroke cover that Lee Weeks and I did. And it was like, it was a spotlight on, it's kind of a down shot. So I did kind of like a, a whitish light, but it had like it's blue teal green color around him. Um, and then I think the ne- following week I saw John Wick. Uh, I can't remember when, which John Wick two, I think where he's running in the, in the, in the basement and there's all this blue light and it's hiding all the guns and it was the exact same lighting that i used for that cover and i was like oh my god that's perfect so i <laughs> talked to lee i said oh did you see that have you seen john wick i said you gotta watch it it's the same lighting so yeah yeah that kind of I, I think i think i'm looking at the one you're talking about right now uh, <laughs> he has his uh mask off and he's like it's on the floor behind him and he's in the middle of the yeah, spotlight yeah. his guns and blades are all on the floor yeah yeah yeah, so I just cool. kind of used that, and then I saw it in that John Wick, and I was like, or even, um, yeah, there's tons of movies. It's crazy. Um, yeah, Blade Runner, um, the the whole scenes, like, 
in the, the latest Blade Runner where I kind of look at that too, where, you know, the show a cityscape or, uh, the, you know, the desert scenes or, or even some of the, the pictures you see in the news about, you know, the, the fires in LA and that kind of stuff. Um, I kind of look at those, I think, wow, that's, I gotta, I'd like to use that in like a, a scene maybe somewhere or something, but. And the nice thing about being a colorist now is you have Google Images, so you could just quickly, you know, search up, you know, uh, you know, desert at night scene or something like that, and you can kind of play off that kind of stuff. And didn't have that years ago when I was yeah. starting. So yeah. yeah, I mean, your your field has changed drastically, you know, from the time that you began till till now. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big time. Like, I remember using Photoshop where you couldn't, you would have to wait, you'd make a brushstroke, and then you have to sit there and wait for it to load. Oh, jeez. <laughs> or you make a gradation, and then you got to sit there and kind of wait a few seconds for it to freaking, to actually, to load your app, like mm-hmm. what you did. Oh, it was brutal. And lots <laughs> of crashes, and oh, you lost so much work, and it just sucked. And you see these guys now that are, you know, they're drawing. They've only drawn. They've never really drawn on paper. They've only drawn on a Cintiq kind of thing. And yeah. Yeah. And all those screens that guys use now have gotten so big. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. the one that Jay's got in his office is huge. And uh, Todd McFarlane posts a lot of uh, videos where he you know, shows himself drawing in his office. And it's just it's like he's drawing on a flat screen TV. Well, that's exactly that's exactly it too. Yeah. It's super nice though. Like <laughs> you never go back. Like, is you know, that what you use? Like, uh, yeah, I use a tablet and you know my Macintosh stuff with the big. Uh, it's a thirty-two inch one, so. Jeez. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, it's nice. It's so it's bright, and I I like seeing. You know the finished books online too like when i see stuff on you know social media or something where they post pages like oh it looks that looks awful it looks exactly like how i how i did it and then sometimes you see in print like some of the three joker stuff i, I went a little darker than i thought but then i see it online i'm like oh it looks really good so it's 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 a tough balance for me you know like i really watch my numbers my CMYK because I work in CMYK color mode, right? Um, so I really watch my numbers. I I don't use any black in my mix, zero black. So I just use the color, uh, just so it doesn't get too muddy. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just stuff like that. So sometimes when I see an issue that you know pages have a lot of dialogue, so there are a lot of uh, a lot of speech bubbles. Sometimes I I just look at them and wonder. I wonder if any, if either the penciler or the inker, if there's an inker or the colorist, looks at the final issue once the the lettering is added, and think, man, I colored the crap out of that tree in the background, and, <laughs> yeah. and it's covered with a speech bubble. <laughs> yeah, for sure, that happens all the time. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, like that happened a lot. Like the dialogue in Doomsday Clock was super heavy. So, yeah. yeah, which, I mean, it is what it is, right? So, but I do it regardless. 
um there's funny there's one i was doing detective comics um with alvaro and we were doing um oh there's one panel um bad girl was in the panel to, um and she was doing or she had i rendered her cape and there's like a city light on her cape and um I thought, oh man, I love this portion of the cape. Like it's under lighting and I made it look super slick, like some pretty cool highlights on it. And I was like pretty jazzed about it. And um, I get the issue and they put a word balloon right over her cape. Oh, <laughs> dang it. So I posted that panel uh, without the word balloons. Like I actually found the page and I posted it on my Instagram or my uh, social media, whatever, Twitter. And uh yeah, and I put it in there. Oh, just, this is minus the word balloons and everything else. So yeah, and then I think Chris Conroy was the editor at the time, and he replied, "Oh, sorry, editorial something something." It was pretty funny, but oh yeah, that happens like that happens a lot. Like it's pretty frustrating, but and um, it is nice to see the stuff without them. I I don't know that we'll ever see this again, but for a while before uh you know the recent changes in you know the publishing stuff with DC there was a point where they were releasing a few different formats like we were getting the regular uh, versions of comics they were doing the unwrapped uh hardcovers which were you know story arcs etc that were just the pencils they were doing the noirs that were just the inks yeah. And they did a couple times we've seen before Batman Damned came out, there was that advanced copy of book one that they sent out to shops that is the fully colored issue, you know, complete book one, full colored, but there are no speech bubbles in it. And I would love to see books like oh, Three wow. Jokers, Doomsday Clock, you know, get get editions like that, like a, a complete collected edition, especially if it was at like a deluxe size or an absolute edition size, wow. with none of the none of the speech <clears throat> bubbles, so we could just see those complete art pages. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. I would buy those for sure. Yeah, I mean that's why I kind of post. I did a bunch of spreads with. Um, Alvaro Martinez on, I think it was on Detective, and then um, Justice League Dark. I mean, it's beautiful. There's tons of double-page spreads, so I I was archiving a bunch of my, like, taking them off my machine. I was putting them on a, an external hard drive and get tons of, like, I have so many issues just on one. So I try to keep my files down, and I'm going through them, like, oh, these are, these are awesome. So I, I posted a bunch of them before, maybe last year, maybe? um without the word balloons and that kind of thing just so you can see kind of what it looks like and how i'll get this massive just like a black and white image and it's like oh man i sit back and look and go how am i going to handle this because panels bleed into panels and then there's a last silhouette image that kind of there's no background and it bleeds into the other um panels in the top so i kind of have to really figure out what i'm going to do and how to separate everything and yeah, it's so I wanted people to see kind of what it looks like without the word balloons. Okay, be honest in your in your extended career, and you don't have to drop names, but have you ever gotten like some pages or a book where you're like, shit, I got to rescue this because it's bad? <laughs> uh, well, not bad. 
it's just like I'm a massive comic book art fan. Always have. That's why I got into comics. Like I just like I mean, I used to look at like um you know, Stan Drake, the the Kelly Green stuff. Um yeah, like Colin Wilson stuff it just blows my mind. Um uh yeah, like John Romita Jr. stuff I see, I'm like, oh, it's pretty cool. Like all this kind of different art. Like that's why I like comic book art. Because there's so many different takes on like the same kind of like let's say Superman. So there's a few issues where we got and um it was a lot of gray tone, a lot of like it looked really cool, but it was a nightmare to color. Like it's super hard to do like ink wash stuff and that kind of thing for for me to make it you have to put a trap color underneath and it's got to be it's got to be made for printing but then i have to keep the colors bright but meanwhile there's an ink wash over the colors so when it prints it's going to be it you know you're risking it getting too dark and muddy it's just it's so tough to really um keep everything separate and make sure that it prints in a high quality oh it's, it's super frustrating that way there's times where i see it in print and i'm just i shake my head and i don't even want to look at it yeah I, that's what i was just going to ask uh, how often are you disappointed with how things print out because i've seen guys say you know oftentimes about cover art or things that they've done that oh i really love the way this printed out or you know oh yeah not so much yeah Little techniques like that, I mean, just show how far, you know, comics have come in, you know, even just the last 10 years. Um, oh, I know. Like, it looks, some of the stuff, it looks so good. Like, uh, George uh, Jimenez? Jimenez? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I just love looking. His, the stuff he does is so fun to look at. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, I just love it. The amount of technology that is available now not only for the printing but also for just the creation of art so many guys are doing uh digital now that it it really changes the the quality level that that we end up seeing in the final product and and it's got to be easier for in so many ways you know there's no more uh, obviously shipping out pages or anything like that or just the the things that can happen to pages uh i don't know if you guys have heard uh David Finch's story uh, years ago when he was working on uh, when he was doing Avengers when he was at Marvel and he was right at the end of a deadline. You know, he finished finished the issue on the final day and he sort of laid out all the issues just to have, you know, one last look over them before he packed them up to, you know, to take them to FedEx or whatever. And he knocked over a coffee and it spilled across some of the pages shit so i've got like 10 hours where i can either redo these pages that have coffee across half the pages or i can just soak the rest of the pages in coffee and submit them with a sepia tone (laughs) yeah that's uh that's a nightmare (laughs) you know what i don't i don't even like to think about that stuff like I've had, you know, my computer crash or the power goes out or something oh. and I, I lose a bunch of work and it's, yeah, it's oh, a lot I, different. I, I can't imagine having that that to worry about. Like, I, I get nervous if my 
PS4 didn't get turned off properly, and when I turn it on, <laughs> it's going through like you know, where it's it's scanning the disc, and it says it's, it's tells well, you that it's scanning the disc, and don't turn it off while it's doing <laughs> this. Like, oh man, it's raining outside. If the power goes out right now. Well, and I always have you know a coffee because I'll start at maybe six in the morning. Some you know, so I always have a coffee or something next to me. So every time I grab it, I'm I just I pause. I'm like, okay, I'm grabbing my coffee. I focus what I'm doing because I don't. I don't want it to dump on my keyboard. You know what I mean? Like, it could be disastrous, especially when you have a deadline. So, like, at the end of Three Jokers, it was, I think it was almost one in the morning or something. We're doing final touches on it. And you just, you don't even want to think about it. It's like saying shut out before a hockey game's over, you know? <laughs> you, you don't want to do anything like that. Like, it's, yeah. Oh, and you, you don't have this danger doing digitally. Uh, you're saved from this. But I think it was Dustin that was saying, uh, Dustin Nguyen was talking yeah. about the number of times that he has accidentally grabbed his brush cup, you know, that he rinses his brushes in, thinking that it was his coffee cup and oh, just yeah. takes a sip out of that. Yeah, I've done uh, that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, in school, like, you'd be up most of the night working on projects and. Yeah, we take inking classes and yeah, all kinds of yeah, it was crazy. So and you would do that because you'd be up all night and you just kind of yeah. Maybe not even notice what you drank. No, you don't. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was one thing about the Kubert School too is is you got taught by you know working pros too. Mm. So. Yeah, which was really good. So I got to meet Andy there, and and uh, that was pretty cool. At the time, I was like, oh, my God. While he was working on X-Men, and I got to see Adam, some Adam stuff. And and I remember, I think at the time, um, Joe Kubert came out with the facts from Sarajevo. I think that was my second year at the school. And I was like, oh, man, I got to buy it. So I bought it, and so I... Kind of went in the office and says, yeah, I'd like to make an appointment with Joe. I want to get him to sign my book for me. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So they set me up with a time. So I remember going in his office and he had this big, long kind of banquet table. And then on the one wall was like his drawing table with, and it was huge. Like the drawing, it was a massive drafting table. He would have his, you know, little uh, homemade little shelves that he would tape onto it. And it was like, must have been a thousand ink brushes it was just insane like it, i loved it so much and we'd sat down and he he drew a little uh picture in the book and signed it and we talked comics and stuff and it was so inspiring i will never forget it and he was just such a cool guy that way and uh yeah i was i was super fortunate to like not many guys can say that you sat in joe kubert's studio and just kind of bullshitted comics with him and uh, yeah, that, that to me was a huge deal. So when I got to work on a Batman project with um, with him and Andy, and I got to do the uh, before the Watchmen, yeah, did the Night Owl stuff. So he's Andy and Joe signed one of those center um, posters, like it was a mm. centerfold poster that came with it. Yeah. So and Andy says, yeah, it's the only one that Joe's ever signed. So I have, I have oh, it wow. in the studio here. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So he sent me an original page from one of the from the issue, and Joe and him signed it. So yeah, it was super cool guy. But 
so inspiring. Like it was, I'll never forget that. It was so cool. It's cool. The number of artists that, uh, do make that opportunity for other artists to learn from like the number of guys that do classes Klaus Jansen does classes yeah. uh, David Mazzucchelli he doesn't even I don't think he even has done comics in years but he he's a, a teacher now that would be very yeah. cool to learn from him yeah that was kind of I mean and the guys I like like I said I was going to school with like Damian Scott at the time and he would sit there and he'd have his drawing board like on his lap and he'd be sitting there and he would be drawing Spider-Man. And he was like legit amazing when he first came to the school. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like, what are you, <laughs> like, so he was, he was working like the day he left the school, he got like a, I think Batgirl, you know, signed a contract with DC right away. And yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. But, uh, yeah, and then I had one of my, another Canadian guy, um, we were living in the same house, and he went into the, like, I think after your second year, you had to choose, no, I think after your first year, you had to choose if you wanted to go into animation, or if you wanted to go into comic book or narrative art, and he went into animation, I think he's a director for American Dad right now, and he's worked on oh. Simpsons, and he does all kinds of stuff, yeah, so he's been doing it for a long time. That's very cool. And, yeah, so I got a few buddies. Uh, one guy's a filmmaker in, in Oslo. He makes movies. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That everyone kind of branches off and does their own thing kind of thing. But it's a really good foundation, and you meet some just amazing artists, and it just pushes you to do to do good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, Gramps, you want to uh, fire us up a lightning round? Sure. Uh-oh. So uh, the lightning round, uh, you, you don't have to uh-oh so much. The lightning round is, uh, we, we'll just sort of throw some some silly questions at you, you know, just things about yourself, yeah. just uh, people can get to know you. Sure, yeah. Okay, um, who's your favorite Anderson? Favorite Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, we we asked uh, Chip Zdarsky what his favorite ch- kind of chip was, so we got to ask you who, who your favorite Anderson is. Well, I know that uh, Brad Anderson that used to draw Marmaduke. Um, I mean, that was I mean, growing up there was always that oh that kind of thing, that kind of connection. But uh, and I always get a lot of that uh, Mr. Anderson from uh, the Matrix. <laughs> yeah, I mean that never gets old. What do you like to do, uh, you know, in your spare time as a hobby? When you're not just Uh, staring at a computer screen all day. Yeah, see, that's the thing I do. um, Yeah, we have a a good sized property, so I like to spend a lot of time outside. Um. You know, the balance between I spend X amount of hours in front of a computer while well, I want to spend an X amount of hours outside. So I, you know, cut a lot of grass and, um, you know, build stuff outside, work in the garden, stuff like that. You know, have, you know, big fires, that kind of stuff in the back. I got a big pile of brush I got to burn and then I'll rototill it in the garden. Um, yeah, I just like to get out do some fishing that kind of stuff 
But, uh... See, talented artists like yourself, you guys see the world differently than, than like, you know, just the average Joes <laughs> like us. I imagine when you're burning a fire, you're thinking about the rendering of that fire, aren't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, actually, I've, take, I've taken pictures. I've taken a lot of pictures. Like, a lot of times, you know, if we have... Um, I'll let it get down, then I'll hammer it with a stick, and then I'll take a picture of all the sparks that go up, oh. and then I'll use those in a page or something. Actually, I might have used some, and I did a cover, a Batman cover with Andy, and there's Batman's on this kind of a, a, a rock ledge, and there's like lava and the flames coming up. But I think the sparks I used was actually from a photo I took from my... And what I do is I'll, I will load that photo i'll make a channel of it like a black and white channel then i'll load that selection and i'll paint into it however manipulate it that way i don't just dump in a photo of it yeah i I use that and i'll convert it to uh like black and white and then i'll kind of render it in yeah so i do that i do that lots you ever do that with like action figures and set them up and (laughs) do weird lighting things to see (laughs) how do i render this shit uh well no there's i mean you're a professional you're not an amateur like me (laughs) no but there's i mean like i said google images is you know you can get whatever you want on there as far as lighting and that kind of stuff but uh and i follow a lot of artists um you know on twitter and that kind of stuff like concept artists and there's so many good people out there it's like it blows my mind what is your favorite Allison Chain song? Oh, Allison Chain. Um, and I just picked them at uh, random. I just figured you're an awesome dude. You probably like Allison Chains. Yeah. Jar of Flies? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm so bad with song names. I just listen to music all day. I'm what? into, like, I'm super into Tool right now for some reason. Cool. I don't know why. Yeah. But I listen to everything. Like, if I'm working in the garage, like, I have to change oil in my truck this weekend. So I'll have, I play country music in my garage. Uh, from when I'm working out, I listen to, like, heavy, heavy stuff. Like, a heavy playlist on uh, Apple iTunes. And then, um, yeah, like, I, I got tons of different uh Tons of different, like, you know, I could put techno on or something if I've got, <laughs> if I have a super tight deadline. I swear I listened to a lot of Euro tech music when I was working on Dark, Dark Side War for sure. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. How much do you deadlift? Deadlift? Oh, well, I'm 40, I'm, what am I, 48 years old now? Um, I don't go over 225. That's pretty much my max. Uh, but uh, I try to get two plates. Reps. That's, it's all about that's, reps. Well, no, it's all about hips. You mean? Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. I want to be able to walk the next day, but <laughs> no, I try to. I try to get get in the gym almost every day if I could. So yeah. I've so, got one I like to throw in. Uh, what is the best advice you have ever been given, and who gave it to you? Um, I think it was, 
Joe Kubert told me, and I think Andy was in the room too. He said, you want to bring something to the table. And I will never, ever forget that. So, and I like, you know, putting out a comic is a giant team effort from, you know, concept writer to letterer. And you just, you, you want to bring something to the table. So I just, I've always, I always keep that in the back of my head. You know, so I have a, so when I, if I do a page, like, you know, uh, Fabbook will send me a page. And when I send him a JPEG of the colored page, I want him to be like, wow, this is awesome. And uh, so that's, that's me just trying to bring something to the table. So you have a guy, you know, Gary Frank, Jeff Johns, and then, you know, I don't want to just, I don't, I don't want to just muck up the, throw anything down. So I want to make sure that I'm bringing something to the table too. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. So you're the first person I'm going to ask this question to. Um, what is your most embarrassing moment? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you uh, mine. I'll tell you mine. If that loosens you up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, my most embarrassing moment. I don't know if I could say. Mm. <laughs> my buddy, say, my, my bu- no, I don't know. Um, I can't, I don't know. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> That's a tough question. Jeez. We, we, we ask the hard hitting stuff. Oh, I know. <laughs> We're real professional <laughs> journalists here. Yeah, I got, a, I got a good one. So I think my, my wife and I, we were, this before we were married, and I went to her town. Uh, first time I met her friends, I mean, it was a Halloween social, it's called, right? So it was a big kind of Halloween dance kind of thing. And her friends thought it'd be funny for me to dress up as a cheerleader uh, <laughs> for this for the social. So I, you know, had a couple drinks and whatever. And um, at one point, she's like, oh. You know where's Brad? And then her friends like, oh, he's up there, and I'm up on the speaker on the stage, <laughs> dancing in a cheerleader costume. <laughs> so I think that was probably my most embarrassing moment. Yeah, she was like, oh, that's my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> well, as, as long as there was some good lighting on you, then then it was worth it. <laughs> oh yeah, she's. I don't know. But yeah, we've been together 27 years now, so it must have worked. <laughs> Must have had nice legs or something. I don't you know. have had the right moves, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess so. I was waiting for yeah, you to yeah. say they told you to dress up as a cheerleader, and then you went there, and it was like a semi-formal or something like this. <laughs> oh, no one yeah. else was dressed up. <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. Well, it might as well have been. Jeez. Yeah, I was. I felt pretty. I was pretty embarrassed the next day for sure. But. Maybe, maybe for an anniversary or something, you you know pull out the old costume again for her. <laughs> oh no. I don't think so. No, those days are long gone. So with Halloween around the corner, are you the type of guy that buys the full candy bars or just goes on the little small ones? Oh, no, we do, yeah, full candy bars, full cans. Of right on. We do, I even have shots of Fireball for the parents. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Yeah, no, like we live out, uh, we don't get too many kids. We're kind of out in the country. Like, I'm just outside of Winnipeg. 
um, almost at the Ontario border. So we have a few, we have like six acres or something. So there's kind of a country feel. So a lot of guys will come with like a big trailer, you know, they have their quad pulling a trailer full of kids or that kind of thing. So you get a tons of kids at once. And uh, like one year, yeah, we might get a few kids, like maybe 11 kids. And the next year we might get 20, 25 kids. So I know pretty much all the people that come to the house. So it's always nice to have like, you know, give them a shot of whiskey or shot of fireball or something. So hmm. yeah. as they're driving kids. Yeah, I love Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so normally I would, I used to take the kids out and I would pull them on a trailer, same thing. And then my wife would stay home and then. Once my kids started getting older, then they would go, they'd want to go do their own thing with their friends. So my wife would take them and then I would stay home and I just, I'd put on, always cool. watch like a Friday 13th movie or, a, a, you know, a current horror movie, that kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, I love that. I love Halloween. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Um, all right. Well, I think that's everything I've got. Cool. Awesome. Jeez. Perfect. Well, wow. maybe we can uh, let Brad get back to life here then. We we took up a, a good Perfect. chunk of your day here, but we do really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yes, thank uh, you. Yeah, thank you so much. So right now we're looking forward to what uh, next week is the finale of Three Jokers, and we can also yes. look forward to a Volume 3 of Batman Earth 1 from uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, and yourself. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure. I'll try to get moving on it for you, but uh, it's a big, it's a big book. So yeah, um, yeah there's a few projects coming up. I got about three um, pretty cool ones you'll be pumped about that I can't say yet, but um, you tease. Yeah, it should be pretty awesome. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me on. I thank uh, you, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate it. It's nice to know that you guys are actually noticing some color work and uh, how many hours these guys put in. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and it's not just the colors too, but I think there is uh, a definite change happening lately. You know, and maybe social media has something to do with that, where more people are noticing and crediting not just the colorist, but the inker, the letterer. You know, and people are even you know getting knowing what what editors they like handling handling books. So there's a lot yeah. more awareness of the the team effort that books are. So that's cool to see. Yeah, and that's yeah. A, that's an awesome thing about working with Jeff and Jay too. Is like. Jeff has been so awesome. Like he says, no, your name's got to be on Doomsday Clock. Like you are, you know, this is it. You're part of this. Is the, it's a, the whole team kind of thing. And mm. yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He's basically just, here you go. Mm. And he'll phone me and I'll, you know, we'll talk about stuff. And it's pretty nice to have the writer, you know, discuss stuff with the colorist and that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. Awesome. Really good guys too. And it's working. You guys are doing great stuff and we do appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brad. Have a great night. Enjoy the rest you of your week. You bet. We'll talk Thanks to you soon. Yeah, All right. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye.